Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to Episode 4, Calming the Christmas Chaos. In this episode, I'd like to convince you that the flood of negative and overwhelming emotions does not have to define the season. And I'd also like to give you some strategies that will take the chaos out of the season and actually help you enjoy Christmas. So if you can take a step back, just calm yourself for a moment and think, what are your thoughts about Christmas? What comes to mind? Are they thoughts of celebrating the birth of Jesus? Are they thoughts of, we'll go to church? We'll put up a tree and decorate it. I think I'd like to get a couple of presents for the kids to celebrate. Or are they thoughts like this? Oh gosh, I feel obligated to fill in the blank. I have to make cookies. I have to decorate the house inside and out. We have to go over to grandma's and then the other grandma's and make sure everybody gets equal time. We have to get teacher's gifts. There's so much I must do. I'd like to propose that our thoughts decide our results. Maybe you've heard this already, but if not, let's think about how our thoughts can decide our results. When we think, I must, I have to, there's so much to do, etc., etc., there's a natural feeling that comes from those thoughts. The feeling of, I don't have a choice. And when we feel like we don't have a choice, we feel overwhelmed. Overwhelm is the feeling that comes from those thoughts that we must do everything and that we don't have a choice, that it's out of our control. We may feel overwhelmed all the time, not just at Christmas, but particularly at Christmas, even people who can kind of keep it together for the rest of the year often feel overwhelmed. Feelings, like overwhelm, are an emotional state or reaction. And where does the reaction or emotional state come from? It comes from our thoughts. And it seems that in recent generations, more and more people are inclined to be guided, sometimes controlled, by their feelings. Not their thoughts, or not the circumstances, but rather their feelings. Instead of taking time to think clearly about a situation, to see what options you might have, there is this tendency to feel like, well, there I said, feel it, right? I don't have any options because I haven't stepped back and allowed myself to look objectively at the situation and to look at the thoughts I have about the situation. So this year, how about I'm going to do the best I can and I'm going to enjoy and celebrate Christmas. This year, I'm going to focus on relaxing and engaging rather than anxiously working away, doing what I think I'm obligated to do, doing what I think others expect me to do, and taking responsibility for the happiness and pleasure of everyone. Do you do that? I know I've done that in the past. 
I feel like it's my job to make sure everybody has the great experience that they all want. It's that expectation. And I feel like I have to fulfill everyone's expectation, but I don't. That's my thought. It is not what must be. You know, whether you do anything or everything in regards to getting ready for Christmas, the circumstance of the celebration of the birth of Jesus will still happen. Christmas Day will still happen. It does not matter if you have your home totally decked out or if you have nothing up. People around the world will celebrate Christmas. What we think of celebrating Christmas will decide how we feel, act, and the results that we will get. You know, one of the best Christmases we had was in 1992. I was pregnant with our fifth child, and the other four had chicken pox. So we could not go anywhere. We stayed at home, and it was quiet, and it was free of chaos. You know, we had to adjust to the fact that we weren't able to go to Grandma and Grandpa's where Santa came, but the kids were little. They didn't even remember it. We just had the most peaceful and beautiful Christmas we had ever had. Now, we could have had a terrible Christmas if probably I had decided that this was going to be terrible. The kids are all complaining. They all have chicken pox. I was pregnant. I could, I could have been worried about my baby getting the virus, chicken pox, and dealing with all of that. But instead, we made the decision to just enjoy and relax. And it was lovely. So I'd like to propose for this Christmas and every other Christmas, how can we keep control of our thoughts? How can we eliminate the overwhelm and enjoy the season and the day's celebrations? The first thing I'd like to suggest is that you take a couple of minutes and write down all the things you would like to do in the next month, okay? Either the things that you have done in the past and things that you want to do, things that you don't want to do, but you still feel like you must do them. Okay, look at the list and then tell yourself you can't do everything. And you can't. Pinterest has been, uh, you know, an interesting thing to our culture, right? It's given us a lot of ideas and fun things, but it's also put this pressure on us to do all these beautiful things for the home, to do all of the baking and to do all of the crafts. You can't do it all. So decide what you can't do and cross it out. Decide what you don't want to do and cross it out. Then figure out what the three most important things on that list you want to do between now and Christmas and circle them. When you actively eliminate the activities you don't want to do, you free up your mind and your time for the activities you actually do want to do. This is just an exercise to help you see that just because something has been done in the past, if it doesn't serve you and your family well, it doesn't mean that you need to keep doing it. And just because other people have expectations of you doing something that you've done in the past, it also doesn't mean that you have to keep doing it. The next thing I'd like you to do is each day, the night before the next day, write down three things that you must do that day, two things that you should do, and one thing you want to do. 
If you go to findingjoyinmotherhood.com forward slash schedule, you'll find just a really quick PDF that you can print out for multiple days to kind of get you in the habit of writing down objectives and goals for your next day. Oftentimes, we are so overwhelmed because we have all of these things in our head, whirling around in our head. And when they're in our head, they can make us feel overwhelmed because then they become feelings, all right? We've got all these things that we're not actually doing and the feeling is overwhelmed. So if you go print out that schedule, write it down each night before the next day, write down three things you must do. Now, those three things could mean I must make breakfast and clean up. Okay, that's one thing. Two things you should do. Maybe your should do is I should read to the children for 15 minutes. Or maybe that's a thing you you believe you must do. It, it's going to be different for everybody. So three things you must do, two things you should do, and one thing you want to do. The must-dos are the ones that you must get done. I always suggest that you do them first thing. And that way, you don't put them off to the end of the day. You know, I, I heard a, a time management guy say a long time ago that, When we put something off to the end of the day, we're actually sort of doing it in our brain all day long, and it causes that stress all day long. Whereas if we do it first thing right away, check it off, it's done. So if you can get those first three things done that you must do quickly, first thing in the day, you check them off. Then you can go to the two things you should do. However, I think that there is one thing that you want to do. You should write that down and do it every day. Maybe that one thing is I need to go for a walk when my husband gets home. Or I need to go for a walk and take the kids with me. Or I need to take a hot bath. That's one thing. You do it. Because we have to take care of ourselves as well. Not just taking care of the home and everyone else around us. But when we get involved in the holidays... We feel that there's so much that we have to do every day that we freeze and we get nothing done. So by writing it down, checking it off, we get that overwhelmed out of our head. It helps us to stay calm, to make a plan, and to work the plan one day at a time. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I can't do that for the rest of my life, I'm not asking you to do it for the rest of your life. Do it for tomorrow, one day. See how it works for you. And if it works, do it the next day. You will be amazed at how much calmer you are because you've actually written down what you're going to do. You've committed to yourself what you're going to do. And when you get it done, that feeling of accomplishment is amazing. Now, If you are someone who, when the holidays approach, you love decorating, if it brings you to your happy place, then do it. Enjoy. Do a little bit at a time. But if it makes you crazy and stressed and screaming at everybody, don't do it. I used to decorate the house much more when I had just a couple of children 
And then as I had more children, I stopped doing so much. And now I just do the minimum. And I'm very happy with the minimum. When you're thinking about what you want to do to celebrate Christmas and the Christmas season, my first suggestion is don't be in a rush to start too many new traditions. Now, I am a full believer that traditions are very important in bonding a family. However, I think sometimes we go overboard. We see this, we love this. We do that, we love that. And we have so many traditions that we're not actually bonding. We're just getting through the activities. So keep your traditions few and easy to implement and continue. Also, I would say be careful Your children may be too young, or your grandchildren may be too young. i just learning this now. You know, as a grandmother, I am learning a whole bunch of new things. We tried Christmas cookie decorating, and the kids were just too young. It was just really more work than it was really a fun experience. So be careful that it's age-appropriate. You don't start too early. And if you start too many... You might feel like you can't stop, but you can. Don't hesitate to eliminate what doesn't work. Just because you did it last year doesn't mean you have to do it again this year or every year. The second thing I'd like to suggest in eliminating overwhelm is find out what you can delegate. Look and see what can your husband do, what can the children do. Because, you know, we all live in this home together. We are a family. And it is not just mom who does it all. And if it is, I give you permission to say enough. Everyone has to be a part of the traditions. It's the way people take ownership when they help out. It becomes important to them. If they're just passive, it's not important to them. So delegating is important. Everybody has specific things that they do. Grandmas, do the things you want to do. Don't feel like you must do it all. And readjust each year. Again, look and see if it works. Now, my mom would have the kids over to decorate cookies. And every year, they went over to decorate the cookies. And I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. But I also, before that, started making Christmas dresses for all the girls. And uh, that's a lot of work. (laughs) I have six Christmas dresses to complete. So we also tried to do gingerbread houses last year. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that this year. It's just too much. There are lots of other things that are on my schedule in December that I can't do everything. And does that leave me with a little bit of guilt? Yes, it does. And I have to get over that. Because the children are so young anyway, most of the children, most of our grandchildren are so young that they won't even remember if I started it. And I'm also rethinking Christmas dresses. We have, like I said, we have 13 grandchildren. We have six little girls that get the Christmas dresses. And then we have... Four little boys for the ties. And I am thinking that maybe next year 
Rather than Christmas dresses, they will get a birthday dress. We have another baby coming in January and another baby coming in April. That will be some way that I can still give them a piece of me without doing all of the sewing at one time. Now, I also want to point out something to you all. It might be a little too late for this year, but consider really celebrating the season of Advent. The church is so smart. We have four weeks to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ. We have four weeks called Advent, and it really is a time of of preparation and of waiting for the Lord. We should take advantage of that. It helps us free our mind that everything must be done in one day or one weekend. If we're really preparing in Advent, we can slowly put up decorations throughout the four weeks of Advent before Christmas and then decorate our tree Christmas Eve or just before Christmas. This way it takes away that hurry up and get it up and then hurry up and take it down. It takes the hurry up out of it. It helps us really prepare by adding a little bit at a time. For our family gatherings, we have, like I said, we have seven children. Three of them are married. We have 13 grandchildren plus my mom. So we have our family gathering on the Sunday after Christmas, the Feast of the Holy Family. Now we started doing this early on because we didn't want our children to have to travel from place to place on the actual holidays. Uh, I had heard a friend of mine say that their biggest Christmas tradition was spending the day in the car going from grandma to grandma. And I thought, that's really terrible. And the children were crabby and they were all tired and they never had Christmas in their own home. And so we told our children when they first got married, you're actually not invited over Christmas. (laughs) That way they really knew that they didn't have any obligation. We have our single children come over on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but the marrieds, they can do whatever they want. They enjoy their family time in their home. And that way, when I do have everyone over on the Feast of the Holy Family, it's, uh, it's, it's much calmer and much more intentional. And I get to enjoy Christmas Day because I'm not going crazy trying to prepare for this huge family gathering. We have St. Nicholas come on the Feast of the Holy Family, and it's really lovely. It's worked out so well. So something to consider. When I was a young mom, I spent far too many Christmases doing all the things, and I was crabby, and often I felt sorry for myself, and I didn't really celebrate. And then one day my husband said, This is not how I want to spend the rest of our Christmases. Thank goodness for my husband, who often sees what I cannot. So we pared down, we quieted down, and had more time just being with each other and our children. I encourage you to rethink what you've always done for Christmas and identify what you really want, what is really important for you and your family. Download that PDF findingjoyinmotherhood.com forward slash schedule. Copy it for a few days and use it to help you be clear on your thoughts and manage your emotions. Enjoy this Christmas season. 
take the chaos out of Christmas and focus on what's really important, the birth of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. Please help all the algorithms know that you like this. Share, 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 share. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye.